0: Club. Um my name is Mariah and with me today is Ethan.
1: How's it going everybody? I am so excited that the day has finally arrived. Episode 1 of Notion Club and the raid on Area 51 that we have been anticipating so long.
0: Yeah so uh, a little bit about the podcast this is a new podcast um this is just something that we're trying out we listen to a lot of podcasts ourselves we love researching we love reading um we love talking to one another we call each other just to like see like hey what do you think about this theory and so we thought it would be really cool to do that um on a podcast see what would happen come of it um we shot our promo video what two weeks ago ethan
1: Something like that. Yeah, about two weeks ago, we uh, yeah. we were able to meet up in person and use my car as mm-hmm. a bit of a makeshift uh, podcasting studio. Yeah. Um, so today we're kind of uh, trying a new thing here where we're, we're doing this from something like 500 miles away. Yeah. Um, but we've got our own booth set up and <clears throat> we're, we're doing this remotely and I, I think we're going to
2: be able to pull it off
0: yeah I think so too I think it's going to be really fun Um, we're going to try to update every couple of weeks Uh, we did talk about this in our promo video we're going to try to be regular about it but with living in different states yada 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 Um, check out our promo video for that information Um, we have some uh, social media set up Facebook Instagram and if you guys have any questions regarding any of the topics that we talk about or if you just want to like shoot the shit with us um, or you know anything you can actually find us or email at us email us (laughs) at notion club podcast at gmail.com again that is notion club podcast uh, at gmail.com so today what we're going to be discussing obviously is area 51 and the raid on area 51 which has slowly turned into alien stock (laughs) what's your thoughts on that ethan
1: (laughs) well it's so far been a little bit of a disappointment um as far as action at (laughs) the military base. yeah, Um, Nothing's really happening. We've seen video now of some people who showed up. I would say it was a group of somewhere between 40 and 60 people uh, from the look of the video. They showed up last night to the security gate at Area 51 and there were something like four or five security guards just kind of standing around and just talking with everybody, joking, laughing. People were Shooting videos, taking pictures, seeing ridiculous things, and then <laughs> um yeah, not much action today we've heard about two people who encountered security. Um, Mariah read the story, so i'll I'll let her uh, tell the story <clears throat> about what she heard about these these two people. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So the girl that I read about, um, I'd have to find the news article. I think it was on ABC. Um, they put out an article on how two people have, uh, taken into custody. One was arrested and one was detained. Um, the first one was a girl in her twenties. It seems like she was trying to hop the fence over at area 51. And then the guy, um, that they detained, or maybe I'm getting them. Backwards, um, I can't recall at the moment, but I think you have um, it right there. Right, all right. Um, so the guy, they found him pissing on the fence, which I thought was hilarious. So, so um, my <laughs>
1: quick take on both of those two individuals is: we have we have one true hero, the the girl who went over or tried to. To me, <laughs> um, in my mind, she is a martyr. She is the year 2019 martyr. <clears throat> For all of us, um, and then um, <laughs> this this fellow who was pissing on the fence has a great story for his grandchildren
0: honestly the dude is my favorite like the girl <laughs> she's hopping the fence for likes you know or like you know so she can go down in internet history the real hero i think of this story is the guy pissing on the fence he was just like yeah dude whatever i'm just he's, gonna throw my stream over got here the best
1: story that's that's for certain <laughs> right Un- unlike uh mr maddie roberts who we'll be talking about later i have some yes. have some real opinions about this guy but Yeah,
0: so we'll be talking about the creator of this meme and this internet sensation. We'll be talking about um, Area 51 and what we know about it. Um, Talking about the emergency response and military action taken. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're just going to try to cover this from all angles and just talk about it. Um, Yeah, so, but first, I would love to show you some memes, Ethan. All right. (laughs) all right so basically listeners what we're gonna do is um so you guys can get involved in the memes i love memes personally ethan um can enjoy them
1: (laughs) i i appreciate a a certain type of meme and a certain number of memes i i can only follow one uh one one meme account on my instagram feed that's that's about all i can handle
0: I have, like, 300 meme accounts. Like, I don't even really follow friends. I just follow meme accounts. We, we have um, one
1: one meme appreciator and one meme enthusiast. I think that's the best way to describe <laughs> our, our curtain situation.
0: Yeah, so what I would love to do is just um, share some memes today of Area 51. It's been such a huge internet sensation, and I've been just dying over them. So what we're going to do is on our Instagram stories, I'm going to post the memes that we're talking about today so you guys can see them, comment, like. Share anything you want to do, um, and then yeah, and then we're also I'm gonna have Ethan rate them because he is such a stick in the mud with all of my memes. I want to see how uh, oh, high of a rating I can get. <laughs> well so, uh, okay, okay, all right. Let's let's. What start were talking about people. stars? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. What now?
0: What were you gonna give them stars? I feel like oh, we should yes, do. Yes. Let's, I feel let's, like we should do like um maddie robert like uh hats or like <laughs> or like alien heads or like like how many cheeks would this this meme get <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like we should do a one to five scale but like doing something with a the theme of today
1: <laughs> all right we could um we could give um On a scale of one to five, uh, I don't know, alien emojis.
0: There we go. Yay. All All right. right. Alien emojis. All right. So if you want to go ahead and watch that first one, I love this. It says uh, the title of it is My Alien Not Understanding Why I'm Crying After It Eats My Dog. Now, this is after like a show on (laughs) I don't even remember what network, but it's basically showing little people like you know, in everyday life. And there's a lot of tea that's always spilt in drama, but I just love this one. <laughs>
1: this one Cause... is really funny. And it's it's the all... guy's like crying on well, the counter. <laughs> it's all due to this this the lady <clears throat> who's awkwardly sitting by. Her her facial expression is exactly perfect. Like
0: Right? So the guy's like crying on the counter like, you know, um over his over his uh dog that was being eaten and the lady's like mmm
1: like, it's it's both her ways, her like... look is is 50 percent complete un-understanding but then the other <laughs> half has just a tinge of guilt like clearly i did something wrong
0: but they don't know what and i think that's why it's so funny i love this meme <laughs>
1: this is good this is good i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one um only because I feel like I, I can give myself a little bit more of a ceiling here. I'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half alien face emojis. Yay. Three and a half
0: stars. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right off the bat, three and a half stars. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> All right, so let's go to that second link. I really hope I can share this with you guys because if these accounts are private, you guys just have to go and follow the accounts. Well, if I'm because... able
1: to open them, then they're they're <clears> not, <throat> not private because oh, that's true. I, yeah. I'm you definitely like... not following any private meme accounts. Unilad
0: <laughs> you know is definitely like um, Oh, this one's going to free... be good and because open source.
1: this one's from Men in Black.
0: Uh-huh. But it's like... Um, the... I'm going to go ahead and start it the cheap version of Men in Back. I love this one. (laughs) 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 What? They're, so in this video, guys, um, they're recreating Men in Black, but with like everyday utensils. So like the first scene is the alien that like they discover in the ship, and it's a mushroom with a Sharpie face on it, like looking up. And <laughs> I just love it. It's like um, a generic version of Men in Black. And they're I think just they're just using so
1: like stuff that you can find <laughs> around the house in place of high tech equipment. <laughs>
0: There's like foil in Aliens, one scene. Aliens like they use
1: they use a shrimp head instead of an alien. They they use oh my God. Okay, oh this is amazing. So if if our listeners know the scene from the original Men in Black when the corpse is opened up, it reveals a little alien who's dying, who's who's running the robot human. <laughs> These people use this this uh I don't even know what kind of mushroom it is, but one of those that you find at the grocery store. And it's just laying inside this tinfoil. No. <laughs> and it's got a smiley face drawn on it. This is hilarious.
0: Isn't shout out to Ethan? these guys.
1: Is it Unilad, the account here that made this video? Or are they just sharing it?
0: Uh, they just shared it. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like, I don't know. They have like a watermark of like Studio. I oh, I see know, that. Studio. Or something like studio
1: that. Studio underscore 188 underscore. Whoever yeah. these people are, shout out. This is this is pretty good. This is clever. This one okay, this one deserves a solid. I'm gonna give this one four, four four. Four stars.
0: Alright, alright, four, alright. <laughs>
1: I know you're wanting that five, but I'm I'm waiting for the it. one that just completely I'm coming for it. When when you hear me fall off my chair, then you'll know you've you've scored your five. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, it's my secret top meme stash. Um, the, like, la, I,
1: I, I don't think that a comment like that should go unnoticed. Like, Did our listeners just hear that? Mariah what? here has a secret top meme stash. <laughs> I uh, don't know yes. anybody who has a secret top meme stash. That... <laughs> That that's the language that like crazy stamp collectors use. They have a a, a secret top stamp stash.
0: I I just I mine for that memes they're keeping and... for
1: their um I don't know. They're great They're great breakaway and, and retirement sell these these stamps. And one of these days Mariah's going to do something grand with, with this stash of Top memes.
0: I think I'm just going to grow old with them, honestly. Like, <laughs> I really hope memes never go away. <laughs> really? <laughs> I really hope. Well, here's, here's the thing. I
1: don't think memes are going away. Um, I was I was uh, telling you recently, but I, I'm going to go ahead and tell our, res- our, our listeners because I think this is pretty cool. The word meme was um, not not invented but but coined by Richard Dawkins in his okay. book uh The Selfish Gene and mm-hmm. basically what what a meme is according to Dawkins um is a <clears throat> a truth that is felt throughout humanity um but but is spread um by, by imitating it. Let, let me look up the, the actual definition of it because it's pretty cool in my opinion.
0: Okay. <clears throat> All
1: right. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Dawkins likens the process by which memes survive and change through the evolution of culture to the natural selection of genes and biological evolution. Dawkins defined the meme as a unit of cultural transmission, or a unit of imitation and replication, but later definitions would vary. Um, Dude, so, in a, in a nutshell, it's something that's like pointing at um, a truth or an archetype or a, a, a feeling, I guess, um, which is kind of what these modern day internet memes do. Like they they kind of show you something that's relatable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Or am I, like, completely missing the point of memes?
0: No, <laughs> and, I mean, dude's, like, hashtag, hashtag relatable, hello.
1: Entirely possible that I don't understand what <laughs> memes actually are, but I've always thought that there's something that are funny because they're relatable.
0: So Ethan is uh, – the alien that I got from Area 51, I actually went there a couple months ago, and uh, now we're best friends. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm having to teach him uh, memes now. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just kidding. kidding.
1: <laughs> Learning what these humans are up to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wasn't the, the scientist guy in War Games? Did you ever watch the War Games movie? I, I never did 80s? watch that. No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, with Matthew Bar- Broderick, I think. I forget his name. Um I think the, the like main scientific guy who created this like supercomputer was named Dawkins. I think that was really funny. <laughs> Sorry. Random piece of information doesn't need to be talked about. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see Chick-fil-A? I don't know if it's like an official one, but someone created a a meme from Chick-fil-A saying that we will be open the Sunday following the Area 51 raid in honor of the fallen. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like huge for Chick-fil-A though? Like yeah, I mean if it was no a, real way post, that's a real post. Because exactly because they'd be open Chick-fil-A, up on Sundays. I don't
1: think there's any circumstances where Chick-fil-A would say open up on Sunday. That's
0: Oh, dude, there was this meme I think rule. a week ago. That I I saw, um, uh, they were like, they were like, will, uh, beginning this date will now be open on Sundays, and then it like went down a few like columns, and it said, just kidding, that's never gonna happen, and I was like, oh <laughs> my god, clever, clever, <laughs> I really hope it's real. I really want restaurant like restaurants to have real Twitter feeds that are like. Like, saying all this, like, shit to people. Like, I think it would be Oh, great.
1: man. I, <laughs> like, Wendy's, dude. Yes, I was just going to say. I think it was Wendy's and Taco Bell. They were just going at it. Yes.
0: Wendy's. Honestly, like, I really only like Frosties from Wendy's. But, like, dude. I rarely I, Honestly. There.
2: The, um, I w- I
0: honestly started going more just because of the shit they say on their Twitter. Like I love it. I don't have a Twitter account, but I'll the see their names. It's
1: funny. fast food chain when it comes to shit talking. But I mean, mm-hmm. I I will say though. So the last time I rem- I'll never forget this. Um, the last time I ate at Wendy's I think was something like five years ago. Whoa! Um, and I won't forget it because I I ordered the spicy chicken sandwich. I mean, classic for Wendy's, right? and it was so good but two hours later the worst the worst case of food poisoning i have ever endured
0: oh no i
1: i was puking and puking and puking for hours and hours and hours like it wasn't until the next morning waking up after a full night's sleep that i started feeling (laughs) myself feeling like myself again it was horrible oh my
0: gosh so that's insane
1: I don't know Wendy's in Rockford. You gotta step up your cleanliness game.
0: Maybe it's just Rockford, dude. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> They're gonna <that's>, find you. <laughs>
1: that's entirely possible. That is entirely possible.
0: Oh uh, god! So, yeah, anyway, no. That, the that last is the time... only
1: time in my life I have gotten food poisoning from a fast food restaurant.
0: Really? I've yeah. gotten like food poisoning like five times from Sonic.
1: Sonic? Like... Really?
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't go to Sonic anymore.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to Sonic.
0: Yeah, like they, uh, they're, they're, the they're driving,
1: right? You, you like drive in an order yeah. your, from your car and they skate it out to you.
0: Yeah, and it looks cool as shit. But, like, yeah, uh, yeah. my family and I, like, the first one that opened by us, by my hometown, um, the first one that we were like we were all so excited we're like yay something to eat besides mcdonald's um we went there got food poisoning we're like eh, maybe it was just a one-time thing so we went back food poisoning again a couple months later and eh, maybe it was a yeah one- I, <laughs> have was a to, I have again. to question we kept going back
1: you yeah like why <laughs> after the second time did you go back like one time okay i can forgive that too no three yeah, like we just Definitely wanted to know. keep trying Four, dude. you you're insane we were like, <laughs> after the fifth time um you're just desperate i don't know what else to say
0: <laughs> uh, and you know what the funniest thing too is uh we just moved and the closest place to me to eat is sonic and i uh every single time like um my husband he's like let's go to sonic i'm like let's not because i don't want to die of food poisoning again
1: like <laughs> Dang. that's no, not I've, the way I've, i want to go try sonic for a while because there's, there's one in here in milwaukee and they they play commercials up here all the time for their slushies. yes and they those... got
0: some funny commercials
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah but... no the cake batter like uh oh, milkshake like that they stuff. have <gasps> No. dude it sounds amazing yeah, oh cake my batter's god
1: always been just too much for me that's that's what? nobody needs that much sugar Dude, there's, there's I no would eat reason. a
0: whole bowl raw with bad eggs. So well, good.
1: you also chew uh was it like Milky Ways with uh sour gummy worms?
0: <gasps> How dare you! It <laughs> is mini Snickers with Sour Patch Children's Snickers, and it is a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> it is one Sour Patch Kid with a mini Snickers in between, and then another sour patch kid and they always have to be different colors as well
1: (laughs) see nobody
0: needs that much sugar at
1: one time that's oh it's so good like there's no need to even have taste buds it's just
0: sweet (laughs) no there's such a subtle flavor combination oh i just it's harmony in your mouth guys if you want to try something new try my creation don't listen to ethan (laughs)
1: yeah i can I can make better recommendations try I'm
0: dreaming of it now <laughs> thanks
1: <laughs> I've got one right now for you here like if you've never done this, <clears throat> you're missing out so so take a um you know a classic dill pickle
0: yeah. and
1: and scoop out some peanut butter with it and then just just chow down
0: just Oh nice. I've tried that before. it's yeah. not that great. Oh really. You know. I, that's
1: that's my favorite. You know
0: what? Let's get back to the aliens. Yeah, yeah let's get back
1: done. to the aliens. I would like to take a moment to shit on Maddie Roberts because okay, this this is explain a,
0: who Maddie Roberts is. He's a he's a
1: sellout. That's that's first and foremost. So <laughs> make note of that. Okay. Um, so okay, uh, so the the history of this whole raid on Area Fifty One begins with one Maddie Roberts. Mm-hmm. Who from what I understand from my reading and, and seeing him interviewed, he was going or uh, attending a local community college um and one one day I guess was, was bored and um after hearing Joe Rogan interview Bob Lazar on the Joe Rogan experience, um he He took that idea and merged it with the other semi huge uh Facebook meme steal Minnesota's ten thousand lakes mm-hmm. um just the idea of that absurdity as a facebook event um merged with this whole uh total fascination with our culture in in the alien phenomena. Um, he merged those two ideas and came up with this Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I, I'm not going to fault the guy for just wanting to make something funny be a, a a Facebook sensation or whatever, internet sensation. But as soon as this thing takes off, he... he gets a visit from the fbi where i can only imagine he was threatened and again i can't blame the guy for being scared by being threatened by the fbi but he has since turned this this thing into a complete money grab is how it looks to me where it's it's now a music festival he's telling people not to raid area 51 which i mean it's probably not bad advice But at the same time, I feel like it's kind of a a missed opportunity for the the people to put a real and sincere pressure on the powers that be to give us just a little bit of transparency or information about what they happen to know about extraterrestrial life, if there is any. Because in my mind, there are two great questions that face humanity. Number one is what happens when we die? And number 2 is are we alone in the universe.
2: Yeah.
1: In- or like in- instead it's it's become this this just it's it's just a funny thing where only nerds are going to show up to some music festival. Yeah. The the whole thing is is just classic <clears throat> sellout. It's, it's just yeah. a sellout situation. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I could argue on, on his behalf as well and, and say, like, he started this whole thing so he has every right to do whatever he wants with it. If he wants to mm-hmm. use this opportunity to, I mean, he, he's probably made himself enough money where he's set for life for all we yeah. know. Who knows? And, you know, power to him. But, but at the same time, it, it is kind of, maybe I'm just disappointed with the whole way the, the day has played out. I was really hoping for something exciting to happen, but
0: uh, yeah, no, same. It, um, it's, I just think it seems like...
1: like he, if, if he, <clears throat> if he wanted to uh, have the sincerity and actually had the interest in in finding more or, or uh, making a statement, I guess he could have. He could have definitely made a statement, and and instead made a festival.
0: Well, I mean, his original intent was just to, like, get likes and followers, right, though? Like, it wasn't to make a statement. Right. So, I mean, I can imagine why he doesn't care to go on with it. He just wanted some likes and some followers. So, he's like, all right, this has gone over my head. I'm done with it. I'll wash my hands and walk away. So, I mean, I can see from that perspective if he really never had anything more than oh this will be funny you know at the forefront of his mind i can see why it wouldn't matter to him about creating a statement or you know reopening up these issues with the government i can understand why he just walked away like i would do the same thing you know but maybe this will spark controversy for other people you know who actually do care about transparency within the government and um you know maybe that's that'll come of this or you know millennials will just go on to the next thing you know after Tide Pods oh my god (laughs) Uh, the next thing is Area 51 what'll be next you know who knows so
1: that's true that's true
2: yeah yeah
0: I feel like we have such a short attention span in general that's I don't know. People probably won't speak up about the issue. But, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens, I guess.
1: That's what we're doing here. We are speaking yeah. up. We want information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I was reading this article um, from this uh, guy. His name is um, Gabriel Seanfield. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But... Um, his book was Necessary Secrets, National Security, The Media, and the Rule of Law. He talks about... Um, so I guess he's like a part of a conservative think tank in Washington, D.C., but he talks about how um, the Congress has identified the classes of secrets that need protection, one being the identity of intelligent agents, or intelligence agents, and then two, the design of nuclear weapons, and three, communications intelligence. So like, I do yeah, definitely that's... believe that the government needs... To protect some of the things for us to be protected, but also, I think it needs to be reexamined. You know what is yeah. Good for I th- us, I think most people would world. agree
1: that the 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 government is definitely allowed to keep secrets um, mm-hmm. involving the military. Like there's there's no good reason for citizens to know about top secret missions that are happening right now. There's there's just yeah, no yeah, need yeah. like. We don't need that much freedom of information. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But is there any sort of hypothetical situation at all where the government would be in the right from withholding any information about, again, what to me is one of the two most important questions that faces humanity, are we alone? If they have... Anything that can, you know, offer clues about that. Are they in the right in withholding that? Yeah. I would, my my knee-jerk reaction to that is to say no. I think that any government bureaucrat who thinks that they know better than some individual
2: mm-hmm.
1: of, about that question is is a complete narcissist
2: yeah um, I think I think I mean, and
1: at all people have the same right to knowing that as the next person
0: can I ask you like what are your thoughts Ethan um on like why why do you think the government would keep it like extraterrestrial life a secret from us I mean we always hear theories like oh you know. Uh, humankind would never be able to handle it you know people would freak out and then everything would be chaos but like what do you think if they were if they were is it is i'm just throwing this out as a scenario if they were to actually be keeping secrets from us why do you think the case would be have you thought about that before
1: well that that's a very good question and i mean that's that's i think probably the hardest question for most conspiracy theorists about anything to answer is the intent who's doing it and what's the intent it's like well gosh i don't i really don't know yeah i i don't know i don't know
0: have you read up on the roswell incident in new mexico
1: um the roswell incident is that the one where there was a bunch of pictures taken
0: Yeah, basically, um, like there were like I'm trying to remember, but there was a like a ranch that they found like pieces of like shrapnel from it was like a metallic foil like uh, substance or debris that they found scattered around. And like a farmer saw it and like reported it to a sheriff and then the sheriff uh, reported it to the army, I think, um, at Roswell. And then like people, intelligence officers and majors showed up. And then, so at first what they, what they announced was that, I'm trying to remember exactly what was, I think the headline um, for their like local paper um, said that uh, the army had captured a flying saucer on a ranch in Roswell, right? Um, That's right. I, I did
1: read about this.
0: Yeah, and then, like, the next day, they were like, nope, it's a high-altitude weather balloon, not an alien craft. That's right,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, and then the army just insisted that nothing more than uh, a weather balloon was found, right? Um, And then, like, they still have... The report, a lot of it is still top secret. They still haven't released a lot of the information. I think in the 80s, people started. to so like, maybe it was the 80s or 90s. I think because this happened, Roswell happened in 1947. Like, you know, it, it was a long time ago. And I think in the 80s or 90s, um, basically, people were like, we want to see what happens or what happened. And so they reopened the case, and they were like, "Nope, there's no physical uh, evidence of the extraterrestrial, you know, light or craft." Um, and then like the case is closed. But like, it, you know, there, there's so many questions, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, cling to that conspiracy that there is extraterrestrial life because Roswell. Like, there's so many questions to that that have not been answered and that don't make sense and the purpose like what what is the purpose of the army and the intelligence agencies covering it up so the first time they announce it they're like you know and that could have been the reports the reporters who came up with that headline it didn't come from the army um, or it could have been, that's what the army said. And then they later retracted. Nope. It's just a weather balloon. But like, if it wasn't actually a weather balloon and it was alien craft, what would have been the purpose of them covering it up? You know what I mean? Like they can't be evil. Right. Right. You know,
1: the, they're supposed the, to be defending us. The, the thing about the, the, the whole, uh, question of evidence mm-hmm. with UFOs, um, one of the most fascinating things to me about the topic is the um, the abductees yeah um, I recently read this book uh, by Graham Hancock called Supernatural, and there was an mm. entire chapter dedicated to uh, to to testimonials if you will okay and the the point that Graham Hancock was trying to make right off the bat was these people had absolutely no history or track record of of being liars they mm-hmm. were and the other really astoundingly odd thing about all of these individuals is they were like across the board just <clears throat> normal people yeah like dentists uh car mechanics like just just mm-hmm. like not some crazy people they, they were just your everyday people who had a, a history of being honest all of a sudden just swearing on their life that they had been abducted and experimented on <laughs> by by little green people <laughs> um <laughs> and and so you you put that together with these things like the 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 Roswell incidents, mm-hmm. and and you go okay, something's going on here, but but for some reason, I guess to, to to even pile on even more, it seems like every time there's an incident, the the government comes in and says we've got it from here, right? Like, at, yep, uh, Roswell, and then and yep. then across the board, every time they just keep putting their hands up saying nope, 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 nothing weird going on here, nothing weird.
0: Yeah. Um, can I, like, sidetrack and go down, like, the super conspiratorial hole? <clears throat> let's do it.
1: Let's, <laughs> All let's, right. let's dive in.
0: I love reading these stories because they interest me. Um, there's an element to it that uh, scares me a little bit, so I think that's why I'm drawn to stories like that. Like, yeah. there's a, because I haven't personally experienced it. I mean, I have really bad nightmares, I'm going to say that, but, like. That they're graphic but I've never met like alien dudes or anything like that and I've never like, sure. you know sure. um I'm really interested in abductee stories um mm-hmm. and the one that started it was the Betty and Barney Hill story they were like super um like they were just like traditional churchgoers like they didn't seem to have a past um oh
1: but- is is this the one that even like the state recognizes this was the first ufo sighting to be recorded
0: it it was really uh just i mean the air force took notice of it um they recorded it in their project blue book um but they i mean there's they probably put it in their insufficient data section um but basically like yeah what happened so in 1961 they were driving along this route i don't remember what it is but they were driving along in new hampshire and they saw a bright light um i think barney got out and then he like saw through the ufo that there was like an alien looking at him or something like that and then basically what happens fast forward there's missing time they get back they go under hypnosis and they tell their account like apparently they tried to these gray aliens tried to perform a pregnancy test on um betty and then it seems like they probed uh barney um that's that's the weird thing about
1: all these all these ab- abduction stories is like most of them get <laughs> probed up the butt and it doesn't yeah. like it doesn't yeah. vary it's, it's like that's a constant it's so weird hmm
0: but like Betty, I guess at one point they the aliens had showed Betty like this this new star that hadn't been revealed yet, something like that. I'm trying to remember the story, but basically scientists looked up and they were like, "Oh yeah, we can now chart this star." So like that seemed to be correct. But my my I kind of I don't know if I believe this, but it, it's kind of a theory that I've started to formulate. This was in the 60s. Do you remember MK Ultra?
1: Sounds very Have you familiar. You read up on MK Ultra? Sounds
0: familiar. Okay, so basically the CIA was trying mind control. You know like stranger things, how like they based that yes. off of MK yes, Ultra. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So in 1953 this was set up as a uh, a mind control alteration project and they named it MK Ultra. I'm the government was like, or the CIA was secretly working on like human subjects either by their volu- by them volunteering or un- unknowingly, but they were like, they were doing crazy things to them. They were like shocking them 30 to 40 That's times right. like That's the right. rates. Right. They were feeding them like acetaminophenes and like um, they were giving them like LSD and then they were trying to repattern the brain. And I'm wondering like, Uh, So, with alien abduction, right, um, I was reading in this book, it's uh, called The Mammoth Book of Cover-Ups by John E. Lewis. He kind of just goes over um, like a hundred of the most, uh, well, I guess I could just read it for you, the hundred... The 100 Most Disturbing Conspiracies of All Time. So it goes over like JFK, 9-11, Da Vinci Code, Area 51. Um, Basically, it's just like a quick read on like each conspiracy theory out there. But in it, it said that um, some 2,740 Americans are being taken aboard spaceships and examined, probed, and raped. Why is it? Abduction on this scale, not a major news event. Um, So there's claims that there's cover-ups, that kind of thing, and all of the abductees have the same kind of story. Um, And I guess uh, let's see, there was a poll taken that two percent of the U.S. uh, U.S.'s three hundred million population had been abducted by aliens. And so again, all of their stories line up. Um, That's a lot of people to be taken. You know, into these stories. What if it's the government experimenting on its own people and it's being covered up? You know what I mean? Like, what if it isn't actually aliens? They're putting
1: on little green suits to, as or
0: disguises. Or they're giving them, they're feeding them false memories, so people are like, "Oh, I saw an alien," and everyone's disregarding them because if they woke up and saw, you know, a scientist in a lab coat probing them, or you know, with stuff, and they were to tell about it, maybe people would perk up their ears and listen. Do you do you see where I'm going with this conspiracy?
1: So abductions um, allegedly are being done by the government, not necessarily by uh, intergalactic or interdimensional beings.
0: Yeah, because like, what would be the point of an alien doing the same experiment over and over on like so, so many Americans? And all right, you know why, what it only Why Americans.
1: are these <clears throat> government people? taking a look inside of everybody's butt
0: well i i'm not saying that i'm just saying like basically that's just their memory
1: that they're planting like
0: that's the memory that they're planting oh my god what if that's like the water
1: bandits signature like they flood the house like the government signature is
0: (laughs) we make your butt sore (laughs) yeah but like seriously like dude like if you honestly honest to god If you felt that you woke up and you were like, oh my gosh, I think I had missing time, I feel like aliens took me, and you went and told someone, like, say, your brother, do you think he'd believe you, like, right off the bat?
1: Probably not.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But what if you were to go and tell him, yo, I think the CIA kidnapped me last night, and they were, like, doing these crazy experiments on me? That seems a little bit to me. It seems more believable than aliens abducting a human for the same experiment over and over and over again. And here is all these Americans that claim well, to have the same story.
2: Yeah,
1: I I don't know. I mean, like, wouldn't you think? And it that started the around the same would time have within
0: ten years.
1: Enough access to um, like incarcerated death row criminals for experiments like that, not just innocent, unsuspecting bystanders.
0: I mean. I'd believe it. I want to hope that they would only use uh, volunteers, but I mean the timelines. It's what within a ten year span of them beginning MK Ultra, and then these uh, like the Hill story comes out. I feel like. Uh, I'm not trying to discredit them. It doesn't seem like a lot of the abductee stories that I have read, it seems like the people were being super honest and they were just broken up about what had happened. Um, A lot of them seem to like want to go back to the aliens. Um, (laughs) um, But it's just, it could be a possible another theory. I don't know if it's already a conspiracy out there, but with the timelines running so closely together um, with the CIA running I mean, scenarios like MKUltra, like, I mean, if you read into that, there's some pretty horribly, uh, horrible things that happened with that. I mean, I, I was really disappointed well, course, to read yeah. that the CIA even thought to do that. I mean, that I feel like that was evil almost to perform on. Even the people that volunteered, like, to feed them the amount of LSD and electro um, shocks and drugs that they were doing to see oh hey can we make this super trooper or this mind control person like i think yeah, that was truly evil yeah. i mean evil.
1: there's 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 a, <clears throat> i am i am all for experimenting on people with drugs uh, mm. who are willing obviously but but there's definitely a, a line what you what you what, what you're talking about here is inhumane
0: yeah it is inhumane you know it's like a scientist practicing on rats like i would say the same thing like i don't like that I mean, I understand that we do need to test out things, and I understand that there is a testing process, but we need to figure out a more humane thing, a way to do it. And the CIA going around and testing people the way that they did back in what the '50s, '60s—I think that it was, was like really the '40s and
1: '50s, them. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah—and and, and yeah, that's like, you know, so another theory that I've, as I've been reading more and more about um, MK Ultra, I've been realizing like, oh, you know, what if this ties in with the abductees? I'm not trying to discredit them again, but it could be a possible, you know, if we are alone in this entire universe and there's nothing else out there, what other explanation would there be for these people to just suddenly come up with a lie like that? You know, what could it be? And my my conclusion to that, if they weren't lying and we are the only people out there, um, you know, um, what would that be? And I I would honestly draw to the CIA or other organizations out there that we don't know of that are trying to um, perform these Mm. experiments that are just nasty, honestly. Yeah. I am, while you're thinking I'm going to try and see if there's any more news On this Area 51 I did pull up a new Yeah, let's
1: check back in with What's going on down there
2: In the desert
0: Okay, so there is a um, website called heavy.com that I'm finding. It looks like it posted two hours ago. Um, the title is Area 51 Raid Livestream, Live Videos and Photos. So it like, just shows people standing up by the gates, um, waving signs and like smiling and walking around with like inflatable aliens. Um all right, so there's this website called Heavy.com. Their title is Area 51 Raid Livestream, or the title of this article anyways. Um, it was posted at 3.32. It just shows that people have showed up. They have some photos of, like, people walking around by the gates with a guard and, like, inflatable aliens. Um, just shows that, like, people are showing up in tinfoil hats and spacesuits. Um, right keep- on. I guess they're, like, jokingly saying that they're going to storm the gates, but nothing has actually happened besides those two people we heard about this morning. Um,
1: okay, here's here's something. This is a article from the Los Angeles Times um, mm-hmm. that was written an hour ago.
0: Oh, nice. Let okay. Let me
1: see what they have to say. The headline is Revelers Reach Gates of Area 51, Then Peacefully Rejoin Party. Hmm. Uh, This is by the Associated Press. Uh, Hundreds of curious earthlings from around the world traveled to Area 51 military base in the Nevada desert after seeing an internet hoax dubbed Storm Area 51. Hmm. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. On, On Friday, about 100 made it all the way to the gates of the remote site that has long been the focus of the UFO conspiracy theories. A Canadian was cited for indecent exposure, but nobody broke down. <laughs> but nobody broke down the gates in search of three-eyed aliens, and no UFOs appeared in the sky. It wasn't long before the revelers peacefully rejoined two thousand other people at the alien-themed festivals in the tiny towns of Rachel and Hiko. Hiko. I don't know how to say that. H I K O. What
0: a what a huge difference between two million. I think it was 2.1 million the last time I checked, as opposed yeah. to, like, what, 2,000? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh,
2: my
1: God.
0: There's a, a video titled um, Area 51 in, hold on, in conclusion, we failed. I guess there's, like, I don't know, it looks like a, a sum of 50 people running across sand with doing the Naruto run.
1: So, <laughs> I I might be wrong, but what i'm gathering here is that nobody did actually gather at area 50 area 51 today Hmm. about a hundred people last night but nobody today so (laughs) that is the official turnout i guess is last night's 100.
2: Hmm.
1: we'll see if that's you know what what the official report is after but that's kind of what i'm gathering here
0: Yeah, it just says, what I'm seeing again is about 100 people showed up with some waving signs and others in costumes. And the signs are literally looked up for what? Clap alien At- cheeks. Save E.T. from the government. <laughs> <laughs> These signs aren't even great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this Los Angeles Times article goes on, As he walked away from one of the gates, 25-year-old Cyril Soudant of Lily, France... Oh, said wow. he was disappointed at how few people were at the event.
0: That boy he took drove video from for his France. YouTube
1: channel and said he would wait until Friday night to make his final assessment on the experience. <laughs> if we get together, have some music, have some beers, that would be a success. Wow. Well.
0: <clears throat> wow. He okay. Came
1: all the way from France.
0: Poor yeah, guy. for real. There's a... there's also this other quote again from heavy.com it says there was about a uh, dozen officers at the gate and they even brought a police dog at 3 a.m scheduled start time the newspaper reported adding that by its estimate about a hundred people showed up at the gate and they didn't make it inside it, uh, they didn't even have a lot of cops out there i mean
1: like <laughs> yeah yeah in the video well, that i saw like four or five guards just standing there at the gate
0: which you know honestly uh Honestly, I mean, I'm, I
1: suppose, I suppose they could at any moment call for backup and I'm sure they've got plenty there, but.
0: Oh yeah, sure.
1: I, I mean, from, from the looks of the video, like nobody was being threatening other than the one girl who made a run for it. Nobody <laughs> else was even thinking about it.
0: I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm i a little relieved that nobody's gotten hurt, honestly, Ethan. Like, oh, of course. The of course. strain that it had to put on or the strain that the military had to go through and emergency responders just the idea of you know um these people showing up yeah in the middle yeah of if a million
1: people had showed up in rachel nevada like what would have happened yeah Although, like did you did you see that <clears throat> um that pbs documentary on woodstock
0: no no but i heard watch, Woodstock watch? was like a disaster
1: No, no. It it actually watch the documentary. People were like dying in the mud. It actually, it's it's the (laughs) most. I would call it the most uplifting documentary I've ever seen. It it actually has given me more hope in humanity than any documentary has ever given me. Really, the the circumstances that those festival goers, what what they endured, yet not one person. Was seriously injured at that festival. Nobody died, and nobody was seriously injured. There what? were this was another situation. Woodstock um, is this tiny, tiny little town. I don't think it even had a thousand people in it. Hmm. And all of a sudden, what, was it three or, or four hundred thousand people suddenly descended on this tiny little town, and they ended up just having. The most wonderful three-day music festival with so many drugs. There were so many drugs there, <laughs> and get this: zero security at this festival. The security that they hired was a shaman, for lack of a better term. It was like some some backwoods shaman, and hmm. he, like they, he he and his team would um, keep the peace. By, like, just talking to people.
0: Interesting. R- running
1: around, mm-hmm. dancing, singing, and, and just talking to people. Okay. Um, at, at one point, I think it was, like, on the last day or something, they, they truly ran out of food. <laughs> like, there was no more food left in the town. And so the mm-hmm. United States Army ended up shipping in a shipment of food for, for the festival goers. But... All like, no to the thing. point where, like, people were starving. There was no food, and yet nobody fought. Wow. Anyway. They it, were all um, high. They were like, too
0: like, high to fight.
1: I, I don't, I <laughs> I really don't think that people are capable of that these days, though. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I could be pleasantly surprised, but. Maybe. These days, I can't. I cannot envision something like Woodstock happening and it having such a good outcome as it did.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of those festivals, though, don't they? Um, I can't remember what the main one's called, but it's super popular. I thought about going one year. I can't even remember the name now. Um, I haven't uh, read up a lot on Woodstock in general because it never really held fascination for me. There's a lot of other things that hold fascination that I'd rather spend my time on, but... um, from what i heard about woodstock was a lot of people died in like the muds and emergency responders were overworked, overtaxed. Um,
1: no, no. Yeah, Watch so the like, documentary sometime. It's amazing. They Who is it they by? did have they had one day where a terrible, terrible storm came in and yeah, just like drenched everybody. It was just mud after that. But it I mean like that that's probably one of the highlight moments of the The documentary is just seeing people huddled together. They just stayed out in their seats in the grass and just covered up, bundled up, and just waited for the storm to pass. Afterward, the sun came out, and I think Jimi Hendrix was the next guy to come on, Hmm. and everybody just continued to have a great time.
0: Wow. Yeah, see, I don't – even if that – okay, I'll look up that documentary. I'll actually look into it because now I'm starting to get into – like I am it's, actually it's starting good. It's, to it's be interested well worth in that kind time. of thing. Um, but I love documentaries, by the way. They're so interesting. They're, they're um, so good, right? It's a it's a book on TV. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Back to my my uh, emergency responders. Yeah, did, like That's I, right, yeah. I, I really do, I don't think they would have been able to survive with millions of people. I mean, at least there would have been some people No, that,
1: no, definitely not. I mean,
0: definitely the desert not. is a hard place to survive in. Like, are these millennial campers really going to be able to do that? Like, it's super hot in the day, super cold at <laughs> night, you know?
1: <laughs> I don't think they were actually prepared for...
0: Like, yeah, what would actually if, happen... If,
1: If if even just five hundred thousand people had shown up in that town.
0: Yeah. Dude, no, um I know that No
1: no gas anywhere.
0: I know that there was like um crazy. um, No food. There was an emergency plan that was drafted by like local lawmakers and stuff and I think Senate like, state lawmakers. Um, but they they drafted something up, basically, like... Um,
1: Probably the responsible thing to do.
0: Yeah, exactly, because they were preparing for the worst. And, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of... A part of me is, yes, we should protest. We need more government transparency, just because I lean more libertarian. But a part of me also, knowing a little bit about emergency responders and that background and also the military background as well. Um, Knowing that side of things, I do think it was highly irresponsible for uh, people to go out into the desert, risking not only their lives, but like other people's lives because, you know, they're there. If this would have been a bigger event, you know, um, first of all, if they tried to storm the military base and say someone got shot, who would have been upset? It would have been the people storming them. I, You know, the military, I'm sure the person who, you know, took the, the shot would have probably been upset that they had hurt someone that way. But it's also in their right to do so, it says on the sign outside. But then also you know, there, there would have been public outcry, like, why'd you shoot us, like, we were just trying to see what you were hiding, but, like, also, it's, you know, it, it shift away from the military, the EMS responders, they're going into overtime, they're away from their families, they're out in the desert, you know, um, they're taking care of people that possibly are having heat strokes, and they're not taking care of themselves, they're on drugs, and they're just, like, or alcohol, like, you know, there's, there's things that these people weren't even thinking about by going out and doing it, and I, I, a part of me is, like, yes, and a part of me is, like, I'm so glad nothing happened because these poor EMS responders, you know, like, or even I just understand. emergency yeah. responders in general, you know. It, it's just, and plus, like, now also if these people are being put into overtime, like, where is that money coming from? It's coming from uh, the people from Nevada, you know. All these people are coming from around the world to this event, and I don't know. A part of me is just, like, wow, that was super irresponsible. And, again, another parts, like, yeah. Like I would have gone, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, <laughs>
1: can you imagine what would have happened?
0: <clears throat> if I, n- no, if honestly. say, say, say
1: like 100,000 people really did show up and really did count three to one run
0: yeah. and
1: 100,000 people just descended on the, like what would have happened? Mm hmm. I don't know, like... It's crazy to think about, like, okay, at that point, tear gas isn't doing it. You gotta... If you really intend on defending that base, you will open fire.
0: Okay, yeah, like, I
1: don't... And then, and then say they don't, like, do they have strong enough locks on their
0: doors that
1: 100,000 people can't batter them down? I mean...
0: I mean, honestly, like, I think if eventually
1: they, they get too annoyed with the tear gas and they have to disperse. <laughs> like, how think, in the world does that situation play out?
0: I think after a while they would have, like, stormed the gate. Military members probably would have been like, all right, we're going to tear gas. Yeah. And then people would have just been like, "I don't want to be tear gassed in the desert and wander around for forty years. Like, I'm just gonna go home. <laughs> like, honestly, like they probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere. They wouldn't have seen you know anything think, cool. Like, you know, what I think would have
1: happened. <laughs> what? I think. See, I, I tend to like think in like movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think there would have been a a rogue area fifty area fifty one employee mm-hmm. who would have at the last moment if if 100,000 people descended on the doors he would have opened them and you think? that would have like turned a page in history where all of a sudden every 100,000 people have access to the very depths of area 51 and we just drag out all sorts of secret cool shit
0: <laughs> <laughs> like uh we, we've got <laughs> we've got
1: we've got sustainable energy technology that's just being hidden because because oil <laughs> we've got alien aircraft that's <clears> 100 percent <throat> operatable mm-hmm. we've got alien corpses yeah i think that's how it would played out
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, I feel like I think it's a general. I I,
1: I I like. I don't think that's how it would play it out. But for some reason, and I I really don't know why. But for some reason, that's what I wish would would have happened.
0: I think there's a general knowledge that the military has advanced weapons and advanced technology, but that's because they're still they've got to have sustainable
1: energy right they've got to have
0: that Uh, no i think uh if we're gonna go into conspiracies (laughs) i don't think they want us to be (laughs) conserving now that yeah
1: yeah like there's there's a an actual intent that we can point to there right like the government doesn't want sustainable energy because they've got oil to protect
0: well, I think basically, did you know, or that, at least like, not
1: maybe not the government, but the the you know, the powers that be, whoever that might be.
0: Yeah. Uh, see. Oil. One it one thought is they probably don't have an answer. They just know that we have to find something soon because we are gonna you know um, lose out pretty soon on the planet. And then another part is like maybe they you know this is how population stays at the status quo and all the governments of the world know like all right we can't have this many people on the planet so the weakest ones die and like or um they really don't care like maybe they're just like all right well we know the secrets to unlocking this but you know there's other things like keeping our jobs that are more important i don't know i don't know there's i feel like that's a whole nother podcast as well did you know that there's like a huge uh protest right now for like global warming going on
1: um something new that's
0: going on there's, like, a march. Let me let me look it up so I'm not speaking oh, it's a march. out of my ass. Um, there's a whole, like, thing happening. Global warming strike. Let me look it up. Um, there's, like, something that... Yeah, it's a global climate change strike today. Millions hit the street in New York City and across the world. Um, I feel well, like...
1: that's got to give us hope, right? I mean, like, actually, <clears throat> millions of people took you know, saving our planet seriously enough that they showed up to an event. Right? I mean, yeah, or I, I think that that was another um, meme that actually <clears> struck <throat> home with me. I, I don't think it, there was a picture with it. It was just a statement. It was like 2.5 billion people immediately sign up for a raid on a military base. Meanwhile, nobody's willing to just pick up garbage on the beach
0: yeah um it was like nobody's willing to clean the oceans that one hit really hard for me because I, yeah, I yeah i personally like want to make a change just in my own like lifestyle like i try to use less plastic i try to use uh, more sustainable just like I, I a personal thing was just like i'm gonna stop using plastic wrap that was like one simple thing that i could change so it makes putting away mm. food a little hard and leftovers but I figured out like all right glass containers that I can wash and just stow in the fridge that makes more sense because I can reuse it and I'm not adding to the plastic of the world like you know sure other people are buying it off the the shelves and stuff but that was my personal like goal was this is one thing I can change now this is one thing that um you know um i can do and then that sparks okay what's the next thing that i can do i could probably stop buying so many new clothes and yeah. recycle a lot of the ones or go to goodwill and you know so uh but the thing with this is here's a conspiracy what if this was actually started right on area one what if, or area 51 what if they closed down the base long ago and they thought let's put this out there so that we can detract from the global climate change strike. <laughs> so people go to area 51 to see oh. them alien cheeks, but then don't show up. And then it goes into the reverse because like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? What if that was something that happened? What if that's a conspiracy? <laughs> huh. It's far out there, but you know, <laughs> Yeah. Uh.
1: but no, that is encouraging though. That, I mean, did you say showed up for
0: that? Uh, I think a million in New York. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, or just a, or a million in general, all over the world, is what I was seeing. So, yeah.
1: Oh, I see. I see. But okay. New York so was a huge one. So it's not just happening in New York. It's it's like happening everywhere. <laughs> Every city is having their own little version of it.
0: Yeah, basically, global warming. Well, strike. that's
1: that's. I mean, still, that's that's not. That's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, but you know what's funny to me. We talked about this before, but uh, Google, their main thing today is rugby. They're not reporting on Area Fifty One, the alien mm. stock, or global warming. They're yeah, doing a day back in history on rugby. If, like what if
1: you if you open up Google.com's mm-hmm. homepage and where they have their little Google art um, today, it is not anything to do with aliens, and it's nothing to do with. Uh, uh, climate change uh, protests.
2: Yeah,
1: it is for Rugby World Cup twenty nineteen. <laughs>
0: it's, like I mean, well, it's not even like a look back at rugby's history. It's not even like the day I mean, it was like, invented. I,
1: I'm trying to be objective about this. <laughs> like in the United States, we probably don't understand how big rugby is to the rest of the world. I mean, like most other countries take rugby pretty seriously, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I lived maybe in not England as much for as soccer. A time. But or it football, was like football. <laughs> football definitely seemed to be at, at least the area that I lived in in England. Football was definitely the most prevalent sport. But rugby, if uh, say I went up, I think it was Scotland that I went to. Sure, I'm yeah. Trying to think, uh, yeah, I think it was Scotland. Um, I mean, no, it was point Dublin. Is, like, Dublin. Rug- <laughs> oh, different sure. country yeah. Yeah. ireland was huge on rugby you know and and it is a big thing in england but other countries do appreciate it more than americans but yeah, still like point
1: is it's not something it's no slouch sport it's not yeah curling
0: mm-hmm.
1: which i guess maybe the curlers are going to hate us now but um please don't <laughs> um anyway for whatever reason that's what google decided to go with yeah and it's uh, I don't know. Just, in our opinion, a poor choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, there's so many... I don't know. I I think there's a lot more issues to be discussing and to bring about awareness, and especially Google being one of the leaders in internet searches and, um, I don't know. Right, right, It's just, like, a company. Like, they have so much um, influence. They could be really using it for the better. But I guess... On the flip side of that coin, they're not they're not You're, using it against us, I guess you know
1: well, I mean that's that's kind of the question. I mean they, they've been sued so many times being accused of that very thing. I mean when you think about it, Google is the number one source of information for people today. yeah and so that means they <laughs> control what we know, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, technically speaking. And so, yeah, maybe they have everything available, but it's the question of what are they deciding to show us first? Yeah, Is it rugby or is it storming <laughs> uh, Area 51?
0: Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, I'm surprised that they haven't done anything, but it does make me appreciate that they aren't trying to change my mind on climate change or the uh, impress me on aliens, you know what i mean?
1: Yeah, and i mean you could say that Google as a corporation is doing the responsible thing by not trying to stir up the pot on something that could potentially hurt people. Yeah. Um but it is still nonetheless an interesting choice.
0: Dude, a side note um when you said to our listeners, i forgot that we were recording. <laughs> Oh. Well, <laughs> that's I was how you know like we're having a good time. Talking into here. the computer, talking into my phone, talking to you, and then I was like, "Oh, crap, like maybe I shouldn't be uh, maybe I should be paying attention to what I'm saying again." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I hope you were at least speaking into the mic.
0: Yes, I was. I I think oh, hopefully. <laughs> Don't kill me later when you uh, go through this. <laughs> ah, goodness.
1: All right. Um, Let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, We had talked a little bit earlier about evidence, and in my opinion, one of the strongest pieces of evidence of that is Bob Lazar, um, who, Mariah, you might actually know even more than I do about, because I only heard of the guy when the Netflix documentary came out about him. It's called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers um so anyway i i watched that film and was just blown away by what he had to say um he just strikes me as a guy who is not lying
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um has some pretty incredible things to say right, why don't you tell us um what in your opinion are uh, the the big things that he experienced allegedly at Area 51.
0: So I've been following Bob Lazar's story for about two years now. Um, It really intrigued me. And when I first heard of him, I was like, wow, like, I really believe, like, this guy is legit. Um, One of my favorite podcast series is Mysterious Universe, these two Australian guys. Um, They actually interviewed him. And he seemed so real and just like that he wasn't hiding anything he wasn't lying um, he just wanted to tell a story he didn't care about the fame he doesn't want the money you know nothing like he just wanted to feel safe and the way that he felt he could be safe was being a whistleblower like he felt like if he could just get his story out so I guess basically what happened was um I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard Bob Lazar. I'm not going to go into full depth on his story, but if you're really interested, go and look him up. Um, yeah, Mysterious Universe does a, a an interview with him. Joe Rogan does an interview with him. The Netflix series or show is up on um, the the movie. The documentary is up on Netflix. There's a lot of information out there on this guy. Um, but basically, what he did was um, he was working for, you know, he was, or his claim was that he was working on some secret um, technology that was extraterrestrial and some things were going bad and he felt like he was being followed and tapped and um, basically the only thing he could think of to do was to become a whistleblower. He thought if I'm out in the open, if I get my story out there, they'll stop harassing me. Um, so honestly, like, I was just like, whoa, this guy is super legit. You know, it it makes sense why he would do it. You know, he doesn't care about the fame. He just wants to be safe. I mean, I think a lot of us would probably act in the same self-interest. Right, Ethan? Like, I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, what's what's so striking about Lazar, though, is aside from his his claims about the the stuff that he was working on he he was making claims about like area 51 or or the the place that he was working at itself mm-hmm. yeah um talking about technology that the rest of the world hadn't seen but that was there yeah and a number of those things have come to be true
2: mhm
1: um i don't remember all of the specifics on it but i remember one in particular was like a um a a, a hand bone reader as um identification reading. Mm-hmm. Um some machine that you put your hand on and rather than it reading your fingerprints, it read your uh your skeleton or your your your, your the bones in your hand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and of course when when he first talked about that, nobody knew about it and said he was nuts, he was crazy. This this thing doesn't exist. And then a number of years later come to find out that was being used down there. And so
0: yeah. Strong, um,
1: strong evidence to suggest that he had at least been there, right?
0: Yeah. Well, so okay. Basically, he was employed by the government. Um, he was employed to secretly work on a reverse engineer alien spacecraft. That's what his claim was. Um, he, I mean, predicted element fifteen. Actually,
1: uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't was he assigned to work on spacecraft, or was it just a anti-gravity uh contraption
0: like did he
1: did he actually call it a a flying saucer
0: i i believe he did at one point say no you know what i might be wrong I would have to honestly research it, but I do know that he was, he claimed to say that it wasn't of this world. It wasn't something that we saw in today's technology um, or technology in the world at all. He said that it had to be from somewhere else. So he never made claims that he saw an alien. He never said that it was an alien spacecraft. He just said that it wasn't from this world. But so the thing is, the thing that stands out to me, so I've been reading up again on Bob Lazar, and there's a couple people that point out that he's just a pathological liar. He's just come up with things. He, uh, people say that he worked at a Photoshop beforehand. But the thing that you know, stands... I, sorry,
1: Go I don't ahead. want to interrupt you, but I, I do mm-hmm. want to just say, I, I just looked it up, and you are correct. He, uh, he claims that he examined an alien craft that ran on antimatter. Yeah. Or an, an antimatter reactor powered by the then unsynthesized Element 15.
0: Yes. So or, yeah, the thing so, was, sorry. is at that time, Element 115 was not on the periodic table. It wasn't an right. element that was right. chartered. So the thing with him whistleblowing an element that wasn't yet done, how would he have gotten that knowledge? That's the thing that draws me back. Like the rest of it, right. I'm like, you know right. what? He's probably just maybe he is a liar you know but then the thing that stands out is how could he have claimed this and then why if he's never been to area 51 why do the fbi continue to raid him for this element that they believe that he has right so those are the two things that constantly draw me back like he could be telling the truth but then um honestly like the netflix video um i think it was john corbell is that his name jeremy corbell jeremy corbell yes yes. i really liked jeremy corbell up until (laughs) i watched the documentary i'm not saying that i don't i don't like him i just uh, grew i just lost a little respect for him i felt like his intro to the documentary was about himself and himself Yeah, I, I, I
1: remember us discussing this before. Your, your main complaint was that he had inserted himself too much into the documentary. Yeah. Like it, this, this should have been more about Lazar and, and Lazar's story rather than Jeremy Corbell.
0: Like, yes, and that why? was my main thing. So that's where yeah. the seed of doubt was kind of planted in this entire story. You know, um, uh, possibly that, um, you know, maybe it wasn't true just because, you know, why was this guy trying so hard to make it real, you know? Um, and I don't know. Just I, a mm-hmm. part of me says he's telling the truth just because how would he have known about these things? And then also, why does the FBI continue to raid him if this thing wasn't something that was literally out in science labs, you know, being experimented on? Um, uh I mean, I can honestly believe that the government would have erased his previous um, uh, educational history. That they erased his master's yeah. degree in physics from MIT. Um, I can, I can, I could definitely see that happening. You know, I could definitely see them saying eh, he never worked here. You know, we're not going to well, claim his. W- what's of a, What's of striking
1: our- to me is that <clears throat> none of the claims that he has made has been proven to be false however a number of the claims that he has made has proven to be true
0: uh yes and
1: so it's 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 kind of saying a lot that nobody has caught him in any sort of lie in any of this Mm -hmm. and and not only that some of the things that he has claimed has come to be true that at the time that he was first making those claims, which have never changed, by the way, it's mm-hmm. been the same consistent story for 30 years or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, all of those claims, or, or some of those claims, have come to be proven to be true. It's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just... It seems like with the possibility of him just working at a Photoshop in the past, you know, maybe that isn't much... You know, I mean, you don't really see anything about his background. You know, we can't find anything really about his background. He doesn't seem to be a liar, but do we really always see liars? You know, do we always see through them? That's
1: true. That's true.
0: Um, And I did, I cannot remember, I'm trying to remember, maybe it was the propulsion system. I think the scientist was like, this isn't how it works. This isn't how it would ever work. Let me try to let me see if I can find this article. Well,
1: I remember him kind of describing how the the uh, anti gravity machine, if you will, that mm-hmm. propelled the UFO. He, I, I remember the illustration he used for how it worked was:
0: mm-hmm. imagine
1: placing a bowling ball on a mattress mm-hmm. and then pushing your fist, um, say. Two feet from the bowling ball, on one direction, like the mm-hmm. the gravity is pulling the bowling ball down towards your fist. Now, mm-hmm. that's basically what this thing does. Was it just it, it it created a tumbling gravity thing that, and that's that's what propelled the the craft.
0: Yeah. See, I feel like.
1: But this this other scientist you're saying was saying that that's not not how it, this could work.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up. I want to make sure that I'm saying this correctly without... Of course.
1: We don't spread any misinformation on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be that way. So just give Knowingly, me... Knowingly, anyway. One second. Yeah. And if you guys ever have any, you know, thoughts on anything, like... Um, yeah,
1: if we if we need our record set straight, drop us a line.
0: Mm-hmm. We can take it. Yeah. Did you guys know that the uh, bumper music is actually from our very own Ethan? Yeah. Uh, created... Oh, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, he creates. So while I'm looking through this, I just wanna, I wanna, you know, promote you yeah, a little. Yeah. <laughs> while
1: while you're doing a search, I'll I'll make a shameless plug of my music. Yay. You can you can find me on all streaming services. Uh, that's Young Goodman Brown. The bumper music is um, a song that uh, is called Heavenly Blue, and Mariah here actually helped me with some of the lyrics um, <laughs> that are on the album. But um, it uh, it sounded uh, psychedelic enough for us to use as bumper music, so we kind of chopped it up and
0: mm-hmm. voila. Yeah, it's a, it's a good... The entire album is really good. You really do need to sit down and listen to it fully and you need to pick apart the lyrics because there's so much packed into each individual song like literally i think i listened to it the first day that it came out maybe i think i listened to it no i think it was a couple days after it came out because i wanted to fully listen to it um i listened to it several times while i was on my way to houston and oh for real yeah. Several times yeah because oh, i kept finding something new every single time i listened to it so i really do uh oh, wow. i appreciate it so we're gonna
1: thank you very much that's yeah that's very nice of so you.
0: guys check out his stuff he's he's a really intentional i think musician in today's world that's really uh i think that's leading that's so. one of
1: the best compliments i've ever gotten an intentional <laughs> musician Geez.
0: Well, it's the truth. Um, I think I found it. Alright, um, what do you got for us? Okay, let me... Actually, I had the wrong tire. Bob Lazar debunked. If I can't find it in the next moment, I don't want to keep you guys... Um,
1: you know what? Here's here's just a interesting search that we could make here and talk about. Um, I'm just going to Google Bob Lazar debunked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see what Google has to show us here. Okay, so here's one. Eric Davis, who might be of reputable ilk. Um, Eric Davis, quote, Lazar made up his entire cockamamie story. Hmm. This is a uh, Dr. Eric Davis.
0: Oh, is that on UFOJoe.net? Yes. Yes. Okay, I, I see that same one.
1: Astrophysicist Dr. Eric Davis was engaged in the debate and posting his very strong comments about the upcoming film *And Lazar*. Um, according to the website of EarthTech International, where he works as the chief science officer, Davis's research special Davis's research specializations include breakthrough propulsion physics. For interstellar propulsion. flight. <clears throat> propulsion. Excuse me. <laughs> interstellar flight. Interstellar flight science. Beamed energy propulsion. Advanced space nuclear power and propulsion. Yeah, on and on. Okay, he's he's qualified, point being. Um, let's yeah. see what he has to say.
0: <clears throat> Did you see what Davis says? Lazar isn't worth a documentary film. And then uh, <laughs> Joe Maguria. Maguria? While well, you might... Want to see the documentary first before making such a judgment eric Uh, unless you uh maybe you've seen a rough cut of the film i can't read right now oh my gosh um george knapp has spoken about how some witnesses he tried to speak to about lazar were harassed and in some cases threatened that in in itself tells me bob has something to say that certain people didn't want corroborated Uh, This transcript of an expert from C2C alone makes me want to see a doc about Bob back when C2C was a must listen. Now that's only when GK hosts, I don't know what the rest of that is.
1: Okay, here's Davis commenting directly on Lazar's claims. Okay. Quote, nobody can put a particle accelerator in their home unless their house or their entire property is dozens of square miles in size. And then he continues, Element 115 first got synthesized by the Russians in 2003 and was internationally labeled and recognized as Element 115, named Muscovium in December 2015. Muscovium's four isotopes have a half-life ranging from 37 milliseconds to 650 milliseconds. Mm -hmm. So it is impossible for Lazar to have any Muscovite isotope in his house nor the gigantic particle accelerators that produced it via the, the collisions of other large atoms.
2: Hmm.
1: He he has a lot to say. This is kind of interesting.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, for our listeners, I'll go ahead and, and post this article. Um, I mean, it's not the, like the most reputable-looking website. It's net. But if these are actual quotes from this astrophysicist, eric davis then it, it is kind of interesting to get a um i guess a debunking perspective
0: i think another thing that was brought up as well um for debunking bob lazar that stuck out in my mind was someone said that um when he went to mit he would have been a part of uh, a community and nobody in the community recognizes him or remembers him. I mean don't I r- you I think I remember
1: hearing that as well. Don't yeah. you think
0: that would have happened? I don't think the government unless they have a way of erasing people's memories. Don't you think that he would have showed up in a picture somewhere or in a community outing? Or, you know what I mean? Like that. So, half of me really, I loved Bob Lazar when I first heard of him. I loved his story. I was like, yes, like this makes sense. And then, the more that I've ever since that Netflix documentary, ever since I've seen that, my faith in him has dwindled. And it's not. Do you think this is
1: a case of um, somebody just getting so popular and known and hyped that you can't help but just even if. His quality of evidence has dwindled, or has not dwindled. It's just the hyping of him that uh, makes you not want to believe him now.
0: No, or because, not,
1: not not want to, but makes it harder.
0: You know, if it was any other person, I would think about that question a lot longer. But I would say no. I would have stuck with Bob okay. Lazar if I hadn't seen arguments like. You know, why don't people remember him in MIT? Why uh, what he said about this scientific thing doesn't make sense? Again, if I can find that article, guys, I will post it in show notes or later on. So you guys can um, or if you guys have seen the article that I'm talking about, like, let me know. Um, But I just uh, the more that I've heard a story, I feel like even the abductees, like those people, I think have a better story at this point than um, Bob Lazar, and I'm I'm really sad to say that because I really I wow. really enjoyed his story and I really believed in him. And then that documentary just kind of started. I think it was just so focused on Jeremy Corbell's input and his creation of the documentary. I really like Jeremy Corbell too. I really I, I still like the guy. Um, but has he
1: made any other films?
0: I believe he has, but I don't recall what they are. I haven't watched them, but I have heard um, him comment. Let me look it up real fast. Jeremy Corbell.
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up too here. I really like he the made guy. He's something like so. Called Patient Seventeen. What's this about?
0: He's really he's an interesting character. Like he, he's an outgoing guy. Like I I honestly like that. Like people that are outgoing and like you know, or super personal and like, you know, uh, in your, in your space kind of people. I love people like that. But after the Area 51, I think it could have been better. And um, it made me sad. So I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I've read articles. I mean, I was I heard so much about the documentary before it even came out that I think I just hyped it up in my mind. So by the time I saw it, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Moving on with my life. And then after that, obviously, you know, my phone targets <laughs> stuff that I'm interested in. So it was constantly posting articles. And a lot of things that were coming up were sure. Bob Lazar debunked. And when I was starting to read through those articles, it just kind of made me like, eh, you know, maybe maybe he isn't telling the truth. Maybe he is a pathological liar. But then there are things like Element 115 and the FBI continually raiding him. Those things to me stand out and make me go, you know, I can't say that I have an opinion either way. You know, that's how I feel about hmm. it, I guess.
1: Interesting. Wow.
0: So, what, what are your thoughts on Bob Lazar? I mean, I know you said that at the beginning. Yeah, you were no, more I, I consider him, him right?
1: as. I, yeah, I consider him one of the. Strongest pieces of evidence that the government is hiding something. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the the other thing I appreciated about Lazar he's he's never hyped up the idea of aliens.
0: Yeah. No. I I all, and that's all, another all thing. Really I really made a like.
1: Point to talk about is just what he was specifically <clears throat> working on.
0: Yeah. It's the UFO UFOlogists, UFOlogists that have come along his story and have been like, this is you know the bible this is truth we must you know use his story to uh, jump off of our stories you know um yeah as yeah. a jump off piece and but it's and that
1: and i i appreciate the fact that his 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 story has not changed a single detail in all these years it's, yeah. it's remained the same and like i was saying earlier nothing has been proven yeah. to be false that he's that he said
2: yeah
1: whereas a number of things have come to actually become true yeah but i mean this this eric davis these eric davis comments are also interesting i mean i guess uh, an answer to this eric davis <clears throat> thing about like how you know he he doesn't lack them or he doesn't have the means of uh you know these these particle accelerators and whatnot
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless if it's a technology that even he doesn't know about
0: yeah, I mean, Gibson, that's that's you know. that's a that's another thing. Like, maybe Bob Lazar is telling the truth, and he does know a little bit more because he was he working He has seen for... things
1: that literally only very, very few people ever have.
0: Yes, and he talks about in the film and in, I think, all of the interviews that I've seen, he was only ever shown a small piece, a small portion. In the briefings, right, right, in the security right. briefings that he was going through, he was only ever shown so much of one subject he was never allowed to look left or right you know forwards backwards he was just literally yeah. to look uh in his palms and, basically and like he's at never strayed
1: from that story he's never tried to make any claims yeah. like oh yeah i saw an alien corpse as i was walking by like yeah. nothing nothing like that it's yeah. just nope this is what i was assigned i was strictly assigned to this and nothing else mm-hmm. no questions asked
0: yeah He's never pointed like, no, guys, aliens are real. He's always just said that he was working on an extraterrestrial um, anti-gravity propulsion ship thing. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. again, I don't have, I guess, a, an actual th- opinion at this point. If you had asked me, I don't know, even two months ago, I would have been like Bob Lazar all the way. Like, he's telling the truth. But, you know, I just, at this point, I guess just, yeah. I I guess I would have to look a little bit further into it. It, But I don't want to jump on the Bob Lazar ship too much, you know. I think it's important to note for our listeners, we've always been interested in, you know, aliens and life out there and that's
1: that's definitely something that that needs to be noted is that we we both carry a heavy bias in that we want this to be true you know
0: yeah yeah for
1: some reason i i don't know why i want it to be true but i do i really want this shit to be true
0: yeah well i i think just for me it's i can't I cannot believe that we would be the only things in existence and I come from a Christian background and you know learning in the Bible growing up the entire you know my entire life I've been told you know there's things other than us you know there's angels demons and other creatures that a God you know God had created and you know for me to not believe in extraterrestrial life, I, I can't say that I don't because of my upbringing. And, you know, our is definitely, um, you know, and I know a lot of Christians out there or even the church in general do not believe in extraterrestrial life. They think that humankind is the only kind that's out there, that God created only us and we're the only people that are important. But I can't think of that as, it's
1: a bit narcissistic, isn't it's it? It's
0: very narcissistic. Even C.S. Lewis, one of the most—I mean, what would you call him—a theologian. <laughs> like, uh, he's one of the best yeah, that's writers.
1: A, that's a, a fair title.
0: A best, like, he's just such a a huge brain. You know, he even wrote. Um, I think I told you about the space trilogy that he wrote, right? Um, yeah, the I read the planet. first
1: book. It was it was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I remember reading an article about Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, where uh, Tolkien had uh, they had decided that Tolkien would write one on um, time travel, or a, a book series on time travel, and C.S. Lewis would write something on um, on extraterrestrial or intergalactic sure. travel. And the thing that stuck out to me, I think I, I want to pull this up because I thought it was such a huge thing. Um, well yeah
1: question for you did did Lewis like go into that series just with the intent of just writing something science fiction or, or did he have his own like strong belief in extraterrestrial life and so he was just you know just trying to get a little bit more hype out
2: there
0: I think that he truly believed that we weren't alone in the universe um, there's a by him that he says how can we without absurd arrogance believe ourselves to have been uniquely favored if humans did find alien um, oh okay so it stops there at that point um uh, he basically believes that's
1: that's profound though that is such right
0: let me repeat that um so I can actually end it at the right point um how can we without absurd arrogance believe ourselves to have been uniquely favored um you know, I, I just I don't know. I can't get away from that. A, a great mind like his, you know, um, I can't get away from the idea that maybe, um, you know, if well, he thought I mean, that, then even just why just don't
1: in, we? even just in practical terms, I mean, we we can pretty much agree that, you know, space and the universe and the universes are infinite, right? Mm-hmm. I I mean, isn't <clears throat> it just a matter of statistics like yeah there's got to be something more out there. Yeah. If if we really do live in an infinite space.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: infinite. We don't even really know what that means. It's just that it goes on and on and on and Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think of it as almost like just a statistical thing like there has to be.
0: Even if there's not a literal, I mean on the plane of existence that we can see, you know, it could be interdimensional. It could be, you know, across the universe. Right. I think that there right. is definitely um, something out there. But uh, C.S. Lewis wrote three science fiction novels. Out of the Silent Planet was the first one. The second one was Paralandra, per- I, guess, I, I guess I should know how to pronounce that. And That Hideous Strength. Um, so let me get to another quote from him. Because they there was a a time in his lesser known book called The World's Last Night and Other Essays um where he said hmm. how can we without okay so that's that same quote if humans did find alien animal life he believed discovering alien plant life would be theologically insignificant. Lewis said they would find they would need to determine if these alien beings were rational have spiritual sense, and are fallen like humans are. It goes on to say, if all three were present in these extraterrestrial life forms, and if we discovered that no form of redemption had reached them, then the human task might be to evangelize them. Lewis suggested that it might be that redemption, starting with us, is to work from us and through us to the extraterrestrial beings. He continues, those who are, or can become his sons are our real brothers even if they have shells or tusks it is spiritual not biological kinship that counts <laughs> he concludes that with, is
2: that uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: he concludes with thanking god that we are still very far from travel to other worlds <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will actually post this article for you guys to see. It's from religionnews.com. So I was just
1: gonna say you should at least post that quote.
0: You yeah, know,
1: that was that was really cool.
0: Yeah, um, but this this person who wrote the article they they looked up because they had written another article on Lewis and and space travel and like why Christians are so adamant about. Um, I don't want to attack the Christians um, or Christians or the church in general, but uh the article basically was, like, why Christians should believe in, you know, exploring space and why they should be for it. Um, so then people had written in a, about this article, and this is why this, um, this person had written a second one on – their actual findings of Lewis in concrete words saying what he said uh the second instance where Lewis discusses so let me continue I'm sorry um the second instance where Lewis discusses these matters is in his final interview with journalist Sherwood Elliott Wirt published in 1963 here the author briefly shared his thoughts Wert. Do you think there will be widespread travel in space, Lewis? I look forward with horror to contact with the other inhabited planets if there are such. We would only transport to them all of our sin and our um, Hmm. acquisitiveness. I can't pronounce the word. And establish a new colonialism. I can't bear to think of it. But if we on earth were wow. to get right with God, of course, all would be changed. Once we find ourselves spiritually awakened, we can go to outer space and take the good things with us. That is quite a different matter. And then it goes on to hmm. say, it's strange to hear Lewis talk of such things when one is used to reading his more practical and classical theological reflections. But Lewis's openness is is significant. It goes on and on and on. Um if all three were present in these extraterrestrial life forms, and if we discovered that no form of redemption had reached them, then the human task might be to evangelize them. Lewis suggested that it might be that redemption, starting with us, is to work from us and through us to the extraterrestrial beings. He continues, those who are or can become his sons are our real brothers, even if they have shells or tusks. It is spiritual, not biological, kinship that counts. Lewis concludes included by thanking God that we are still very far from travel to other worlds. The second instance where Lewis discusses these matters is in his final interview with journalist Sherwood Elliott Wirt, published in uh, 1963. Here the author briefly shared his thoughts. Wirt, do you think there will be widespread travel in space? Lewis, I look forward with horror to contact with the other inhabited planets. If there are such, we would only transport to them all of our sin and our acquisitiveness and establish a new colonialism. I can't bear to think of it but if we on earth were to get right with God of course all would be changed once we find ourselves spiritually awakened we can go to outer space and take the good things with us that is quite a different matter so it does wow. go on and uh, I want to tag I just want to mention who the author is yeah. it's a Jonathan Merritt and we'll tag this article I don't know I think uh, I think it's an interesting thing that someone um Like Lewis, I love Lewis and Tolkien. They're two of my favorite authors. Um, I think it's interesting that both of them decided to write on uh, such matters. Um, I think it's important to note and maybe something to look into. You know. Um, Now, to say that his thoughts are true, you know. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just throw a, a little devil's advocate argument at you here um Mm -hmm. and and you know I don't actually mean this but I'm just going to take the opposite stance just for the sake of it because I also love Tolkien (laughs) and and Lewis but the fact does remain that these two authors were the best in their time at writing fantasy novels Mm
2: Mm-hmm
1: the but the argument could be made that maybe we shouldn't <clears throat> assign scientific reality to the opinions of writers of fantasy and science fiction true but
0: so obviously i mean let's take yeah. away sorry go ahead Let's take away Tolkien from that picture, then. C.S. Lewis, he did not just write fantasy. Oh, certainly, he not. wrote theological. Um, yes, yes. You know, debates, if you will. Um, he wrote other other pieces of literature. Mere Christianity highly... will go
1: down as one of the classic pieces of Christian literature uh, for the rest of time. Yeah, um,
0: they're highly. I mean, C.S. Lewis is highly educated. He's a very intelligent man. He poses questions that even though a lot of people even today will not even think about. Right. I mean, the church, you know, um, the church won't even begin to consider a lot of the things that he thought and wrote about. And I think, you know, so just to call him a fantasy writer and just to say, should we take any, you know, if his words seriously, I would say, yes, we should, because, you know, writers, they have the time to sit down and think and ponder things. They're not going to just throw anything, not like journalists today or writers today. They're not just, at his time, they weren't just going to throw anything out there for the shock factor. Lewis was a very serious uh, author, I believe. And he wrote with his heart. And I don't think he was going to just throw anything out there just for the shock factor. I think he was going to, I think what he wrote, he, you know, he struggled with and thought about a lot. Um, so in in just speaking of Lewis, I would say that we probably should at least take notice of what he wrote about. Agreed.
1: You know? Agreed.
0: Does that does that answer your question or did I go off track?
1: No, or? no. I think that's, that's a valid comeback <laughs> to somebody who might, Make those accusations.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, uh, everyone's gonna have no e- way we everyone's gonna have
1: their opinion about any author, you know. Yep. Like,
0: mm-hmm. everyone's
1: got their favorites. Everyone's got their their not favorites. Yeah. And um,
0: and I think also it just in general, like you know, thoughts and ideas and what we call proof for a lot of things, you know, it's different from every person's perspective. For sure, you know. Um. So, you know, just through the nice thing, I love this this idea of the Notion Club. Just being able to sit and chat about you know anything that comes to our minds, Ethan. Like it's just, you know, it's not that we're putting out you know facts on what we think is true and you know never changing. I think it's nice to be able to talk about things and then maybe someday. Build a community where people, you know, without prejudice, yeah. you know, we're, talk we're openly about these wrestling ideas. With
1: ideas here. We're still just yeah, groping about in the dark like everybody else is, quite honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Who
1: really knows anything?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I I just think it's, it's important to know, you know without prejudice I like that we are able to talk about things you know without too much prejudice anyway (laughs) not uh citing Maddie (laughs) but uh I think it's important to note that like you know we're just talking about different things that we find interesting topics that we find you know could you know hold answers in different directions um but yeah I don't know i think this has been a really good talk so far i mean i think this is actually <laughs> what about a great you?
1: place to to wrap things up we are approaching the yeah. two hour mark and yeah. i think we've we've covered our it's bases on, on the things we want to talk about this, this was really really good thank you very much for doing this with me and uh, thank you for sitting down taking the time to hammer out all the work that uh, that goes into making a podcast
0: Thank you, Ethan. Um, I do want to say thank you to our listeners. I know this was a long podcast to get started in. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys, again, have any I hope
1: you listened to the whole thing. I hope you make it to this point. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, after uh, (laughs) some of the things we talked about. Um, But, yeah, again, if you guys have questions, comments, um, suggestions, or if you guys know the articles I was trying to come up with, um, you can email us at Podcast we do want to keep this kind of a way we want to build a community that is open and just wants to talk about different ideas you know we're not in it to debate we're just here to you know talk about the things that are happening in today's world and you know maybe come up with some conclusion you know um give each give each other a candle in the dark you know so we're not stumbling to too bad i couldn't have Um, said it better myself next time we get together i would say um hopefully we can get it out what within like a couple weeks yeah (laughs) i would i would like to see us
1: do this on a regular basis at least every uh couple of weeks um we've got some busy schedules so it's always kind of a challenge to work around those to make this happen but i i think that we both have this high enough up on our party lists that we we can make this happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things I want to talk about. But our next podcast, we do actually have subject matter for it. We want to talk about uh, the generation today or millennials um, that are joining the Catholic Church. So tune in for that conversation. Um, All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, have a great evening. Peace out, guys.
1: Until next time. Bye.
2: <laughs>